Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. We've got some great ideas to talk with you about today. Uh, Jeremiah, we're gonna talk about retirement, and of course, this is the segment on retirement, but we're gonna talk about how do you tap your retirement accounts appropriately, right? Yep. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. Right, and there's a lot of variables, there's a lot of goals. So I guess the two big goals is you don't wanna run out of money. You know, that, that's, that's, that's a big goal. That's, that's the biggest one for <laughs> most everybody. They wanna use the retirement funds without running out. And the other goal that people actually have is they don't wanna not spend enough. They don't wanna delay gratification and you know, ha- have some real tight constraints in their you know, 60s and 70s and then end up with way too much money. You know, when they say, oh, I could have I taken that trip. I could have done this thing. So they don't wanna run out definitely. But for a lot of folks, they also don't want to have too much money. So it's yeah, again, yeah, we've talked to a lot of people where they they are so concerned about running out of money that they forget to live in the meantime, yes. right? Yeah, and there's that balance. I mean, this is your money. You've worked hard for it. It's right. your retirement. It's there to to provide for you. Psychologically, when somebody quits their job, when they are done, they retire. There is a big uh, thing that goes off in their head that like they feel like they're jumping over a cliff to some degree yep. because they've lost their income source. Yep. And they feel like their retirement, their nest egg is this one parachute that they're right. holding on to. And, and realistically, you have many streams of income. You know, most right. people have social security. They have, um, some people continue working for a bit, part-time work. Some people have pensions. Some people have annuities. Some people also have R- IRA so, Social security is, is your biggest annuity. I mean, so if you yeah. take Social Security at retirement, that's folks, that's an annuity. And actually, it's a very good annuity because it has a cost of living adjustment attached to it. Yes, yeah, so. with you. So I, I think with that, the we've talked about on the show before, the 4% rule has been the kind of the... Um, it's the standard. Yeah, the, the default, I guess. It, it doesn't work for everybody and it, it definitely wouldn't rely on it for your specific situation. But it's, it's the idea that if you have a nest egg, you can take 4% of that amount um, when you turn 65, you start taking it out. And if you do that every year, the 4%, adjusted for inflation based on that amount, you'll be able to have it for 30 years. Right. And that's the kind of the normal retirement. Idea. And there's a lot of factors that go into that. I mean, it, if you just want to do kind of a plug and play, you could do 4%, but you need to take into consideration your life expectancy. Uh, you need to take in market returns and it calls the, what we refer to as the sequence of returns, the volatility within the market, inflation, the other assets that you have in total. You know, some people have real estate that they're receiving rent from. Um, you know, things like that. All those things kind of come right. into play when bringing in those numbers. Yeah, even, we... even long-term care and, right. you know, as, as medical delivery becomes uh, different as people get older. Um, so so that's that's all the, the factors that are going in. The hard part, I mean, the big one to me is life expectancy. If you knew you were going to live for 10 years, we could plan this out. But nobody fully knows, you know, how long they'll live and what that life is going to look like. Yeah, and you, you want to make sure that, in other words, our goal is to make sure that people have the life that they love. So sitting down and talking with them about their goals and what they're trying to, what, what, what their retirement looks like. You know, that could be around family. It could be around travel. It could be around charitable work. It could be, there's a, there's a myriad of things that people want to do in their retirement. 
And oftentimes, honest, honestly, they don't know. They yeah. don't know. It's like they worked really hard and they get to a point. I would say this is more common with men than it is with women, but they reach a certain point and their identity is in their work. So it struggles. Yeah. How do they make that transition over into retirement? Right, which is an important thing to, to walk right. through, the, both the emotional side and the financial side. So, so I guess one alternative I want to talk about today to just the 4% rule, one right. method is to kind of divide it out to say, these are my essential costs, my housing, my food, my transportation. You know, these are the basics that I need and then see what you need to do to cover those. You know, maybe right. Social Security covers that. Maybe, um, you know, a, a certain amount out of your IRA covers that. But then on top of that, say this is, this is not to say the fun money, but the bonuses. This right. is if I have enough money, if the markets do well, we're taking that trip. We're right. doing, you know, you don't want to necessarily have your life dependent on the markets or dependent on what's going on in Wall Street. However, to to provide that security, that safety, you can you could split it out to say as long as I have this money in this account, I'll always have enough. Right. But this money, this is the the fun money, the money to do stuff, to experience life. And again, a lot of people depend upon what comes out of their IRAs, their 401ks, their the monies that they've accumulated. And so that's why it's so critically important. Like you, you made a reference to the 4% rule. You don't have to take out 4%. It, it, can, it can be a lot less. Now, when you reach 72 under the current law, the government kind of sets the mandate. You know, where they're saying you got to take out. And that's, it's not quite 4%, but it's pretty close to 4% yep. at age 72. So if you have not taken money out of your retirement accounts, that's going to automatically happen because the IRS tells you you have to do that yep. at that stage. So that becomes kind of an income baseline, so right. to speak. And, and to plan for that, I mean, knowing that that's coming, you know, people can plan <laughs> right. with their lives to make sure that as they reach 72, 75, 80, that they're not being forced to take out too much, but also it's not too little. You know, it, It's a balancing act to figure out your income into retirement. And there's there's a lot of... Again, the variables really come down to when you retire. I mean, that that to me is a, really a big variable. Mm. So if, you know, we've had clients now that retire as early as 50, 55 years of age, you know, the reality is they're going to have to live off of their savings or off of their investments for the next 40 years, potentially. Yeah. That is a long time. And we need to take in, I mean, one of the things that has not been a part of the portfolio risk has been inflation. And all of a sudden, it reared its ugly head in the last 12 months or so. And now we're dealing, kind of dealing with inflation, and we're having that more of that conversation with clients. That's a risk factor. That's right. If, if returns are lower and inflation is higher, right. your money doesn't go as far. And so making sure that there's um, good planning. Yeah, we think of the people that are retiring with a fixed pension. You know, you look down, you put the pension, and it's a fixed dollar amount. And the earlier they retire, let's say around 50 or 55, that pension doesn't change. So mm. if they're a lot, if they live for 40 years that spending power on that money starts to diminish over time. So they should have additional capital that helps to supplement yeah. that retirement. That's why you need to be saving. Even if you have a public pension or a private pension, you should still be saving into your 401k, your 457, your TSA, whatever's mm -hmm. available to you through your employment so that you are getting a better outcome. And at the end of the day, that you're getting the life that you love, right? Yep. No, that's great. So anyway, uh, if you'd like to know more about it or just discuss this with us, we'd be more than happy to sit down and talk with you and help you design a plan so that you have a retirement, you have a life that you love. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about tactical asset management. 
You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we talk about tactical asset management. Jeremiah, I want to go back and review what happened in January. January was, you know, we've had smooth sailing now for since basically about May, April, May of 2020. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we ran into rough waters, didn't we, in January? Yeah, it's been consistent and stable up, (laughs) Um, even to the point where I think people were looking at, um, you know, biotech or biomedical firms, they're looking at electric mm-hmm. vehicle companies, they're looking at Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and feeling like they, they almost couldn't pay too much for these. They couldn't overpay because they're just going to go through the roof. They're mm-hmm. just going up. And we saw that um, with some of the growth we've had in the last few years. I mean, the S&P returned roughly 28% last year, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. And it was mostly up. You know, it had some ups and downs. So again, we, we refer to that as risk compensation. In other words, you get kind of a pedal to the metal, so to speak. You're going faster. But all of a sudden, the road isn't a freeway. You go into some curves and you're going to the mountains and right. all of a sudden, wait a minute, the guardrails are getting pretty close. Maybe there's ice on the road. And all of a sudden, you're running into some 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 really kind of scary situations. Yeah. So in, in January, as you were saying this last uh, last month, you know, we had some major swings. You know, in, right. in January 24th, you know, in those days, it went down a thousand points and then went up a thousand points. And it, it, it's an incredible amount of movement. And the numbers, the numbers, on a daily basis, it kind of shocks you when you see the marketplace. If that's somebody that that wants to go look at the market every day or watches it hour by hour, which would drive most people crazy. But <laughs> um, if you look at it from a standpoint of swings, I mean, there has been a lot of swings of one percent or more mm-hmm. over time. I mean, it's just it's one of the things that happens as part of the mm-hmm. marketplace, and people get fixated on the down, and they yep. say, "Oh, the down is never going to stop. It's going to continue to go down." Right? right. So part of what we're talking about today and kind of discussing is kind of the the psychology behind it, right. not just what happens in the market, but how, how do you how do you deal with that? You know, how do you allow yourself to um, either stay with your investments or to trim as appropriate um, in the midst of this this bump? Because what you don't want to do is just be reactionary and a knee jerk. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it went down one percent, sell everything. You know, oh, it went up two percent, buy everything. You know, mm-hmm. um, the long term outcomes of that are not useful. So one of the ways that when we talk with our clients is envisioning yourself 10, 20 years from now. You know, the angst and the anxiety and the feelings you have today, you're going to forget about those. I mean, right. you know, 2008, I'm sure there's uh, listeners who still remember some of those angst and fears. Well, it's, it's interesting because I met with somebody yesterday and they had these 401ks that she re- that they hadn't even looked at. Mm. And he brought it in and I looked at the asset allocations and he had it mostly in uh, equities, you mm. know, in the S&P 500 and such. And terribly unsophisticated and not not any knock on him. He just didn't know. And Early on in his career, when the market going back to 2008, when it was really volatile and going back to 2000, 
he had somebody kind of put a shoulder around, you know, put an arm on his shoulder and say, don't worry about this. This is your young, you're young. And, and he looked back at it. And now it's, it's, you know, he's the one that's responsible for the outcome. And I, and I told him you did a good thing by mm. not messing with it. And, yeah. I, and I showed him what his return was uh, and how much more he made. And you go back and look at 2000, you look at 2008, when you look at it over a historical timeline, it's a little blip, mm. right? And his returns are substantially greater because yeah. he stayed focused. Yeah. So part of that long-term review is, right. is, is thinking, okay, how much angst I'm feeling now when I'm you know, 20 years older from now, looking back, it'll, it may just be a blip. You know? on, on the flip side, there's also a moment to say, I'm so glad I trimmed my sales. Right. You know, if somebody in you know, 1999 or 2000, you know, if they had looked at this and just said, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift a bit, mm -hmm. um, that, that could have been a good choice. So it doesn't dictate what your choice is. And but again, your shifting comes at, as you get closer to retirement. I mean, yeah. clearly, you don't want to be driving a sports car when you are 70 years of age. Well, right. maybe you would. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but what you know what I'm saying? Yep. It's, you know, you want to keep your investments a little bit more steady as you step into retirement because yep. you're not typically adding more money to them. Right. But when you're younger and when you're in that those those good earning years, it's a good moment to kind of lean forward. So as we see these these choppy waters, I guess if you will, that we've had the last few months, you know, for us we're often commenting with our clients of let's take a long-term perspective. This feels hard today. What will it feel like three years from now when we look back? I think it's interesting. There's a comment I'm kind of quoting, but it's and it is really is reflective on how I feel. And I said, you know, my 40 years of experience in Wall Street, I found that I know less and less about what the stock market is going to do, but I know more and more about what investors ought to do. Mm. People are their own worst enemies when it comes to investing. We see it again and again. They get uh, they get a little volatility in their in their portfolio and they panic and they put everything into cash or in a very conservative and then they never move out of it again. Right. You know, it's it's the typical, you know, um, you know, sell low and buy high kind yeah. of thing It's they're the exact opposite of what they should what do. they want to do. And we're not immune from that. I mean, we feel those same things on behalf sure. of our clients. And I think it's it's sitting down and being rational and saying, what is the best course for our clients? What's the best course for ourselves? You know, as we go forward, and, and and it's often not the reactionary, you know, pulling back. One of the quotes, you know, we read a few articles on this. One of the quotes I really liked uh, was saying, "It's better to be too conservative and end up with a few dollars less than overestimate how much risk you're willing to take right. on and end up panicking and selling at the bottom." I mean, that, that's that's a big issue is it to is. sell at the bottom. It is, and again, that's where we build a plan together, and it comes back to we build what we call this required rate of return. We tell people. You're accumulating this money. This is where you are at this stage in your life. We take into account your expenses. We take inflation. We take healthcare delivery. And we come back to this, what do you need to make on your yep. portfolio to get through? And oftentimes, the number is surprisingly low if somebody's been a good saver, right? Yep, yep. And it, it sets them up for success to say, if instead of targeting, oh, I just want to get the market makes, I want to be invested. If, if they can take a, a relatively conservative view, and not to say lock it in, right. but to know when the market's dip they dip very little you yeah. know and when the markets go up they get some benefit of that but not as much as other people and they have this stable return it takes a lot of the pain and emotional out emotion out of it but the important thing is you and i, I find for clients if they really are conservative at heart and we put them in something that's a little more aggressive they'll be the ones to call up and say i, I need out i can't yeah. i can't handle it i can't tolerate it whereas if we get them in a portfolio that really fits their needs as well as who they are kind of emotionally they're happy to ride through it. They're happy to make these smart choices. They're happy to 
to stick to the plan and, and experience those outcomes. Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had phone calls, you know, not only this year, but also in times past where you structure a portfolio based upon a conservative outcome. And when the market goes through its volatility, like what we've experienced in January, oftentimes I'll get a call from the client or I'll have a conversation in a progress meeting. They'll say, you know, I was really surprised. My, my account really didn't go down that much. It really wasn't affected. And I, mm-hmm. and I go back and point out, we, we designed it that way. We structured it in such a way. We like to get pen, what we refer to as pension-like returns. So if you set aside a $500,000 or $1 million, what is the return? What's the income that's going to come off of that for the rest of your life? And if you put it, you know, going back to your comments, if you put it to the market, you better be you better be prepared for market swings, and those market swings can be, uh, they can they they can cause you a little bit more consternation, right? <laughs> yeah, they can be painful. Yeah, um, and especially I think coming off of two years that were a year and a half that were so consistently up, um, I, I think there's been a, a washout. You know, a number of folks who just said, "Oh, this isn't for me. This isn't free money. <laughs> this isn't free returns," and say, "This is real investing now." So, what am I really willing to stomach? Yeah, and I think, and I think the the news media, the talking heads, uh, the panic pushers, they have they have prevalence in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. The people are listening more and more to this, and they're forming opinions about. And again, none of these opinions talk about the good outcome. They always talk about the bad outcome. And people are more and more. Um, how do I say? They're just. They're just. This is predominant in their thinking. This mm. becomes their bias. It reaffirms, reaffirms their fears mm. rather than expresses their hopes. And if you look at the economy over the long haul, you have to be a capitalist. You, you have to be a capitalist by and large when you look at the outcome. I mean, companies you know, that really work hard to not only secure their position, but make a profit for their shareholders. And if you're if you're well diversified, you're going to share in that outcome mm-hmm. over time. Nobody's going to go up forever, but at the same point in time, companies aren't stupid. Right. They, they're they're going to prepare for eventual need of capital. They're going to set aside. They're going to set up their borrowing rates at a, at a certain rate, and they're going to prepare for that. And yeah. companies that don't do that, guess what? They're yeah. probably going to be taken over or going to be out of business. Yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of the, the ingenuity of, of folks. Even you know, during the pandemic, I mean, there's a lot of um, productivity shifts that have occurred due to technology and other things. I, I'm amazed at how well people, how well businesses are being innovative wow. and moving yeah. forward. It's great. Innovation is amazing. So again, if you'd like to talk to us, um, this, I mean, this is what we talk about. This is what we do. We are constantly analyzing portfolios and structures and trying to seek an outcome that will be the best for our clients, going to that required rate of return. Um, if you're interested in talking to us, we'll be more than happy to talk to us and uh, set up a meeting with you. Phone number is 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as news you can use. You know, there is so many horror stories about people who've had their credit messed 
up. Yeah. And this article here is how to know about consumer credit repair. This is this is packed full of information yep. for our listeners. If they'd like to have a copy of this, we can send it out to yeah. you. This is great information. Yeah, this article not only talks through kind of the, the structure of, of how you repair things, but it gives some books, it gives some phone numbers. It, it, you were even saying as we were in through, it gives some forms even. Yeah, to standardized, standardized letters that you can write. So if you want to do a credit repair or if you feel like something's on your credit report that's wrong, it gives you a letter and a format on how to do that, how to correct yeah, it. That's great. So as a lot of our listeners know, credit scores and credit reports are used to, to determine interest rates for loans you get, whether you can even get a loan, a mortgage, a car loan, things like that. And there, there's three you know, primary credit reporting agencies. And often when you go to buy a car or a house, they'll, they'll run these reports. And uh, you know, the good part is you know, a recent study they did, the FTC found that, that 95% of them were accurate. Wonderful. That's great. great. But there's 5% of them that are inaccurate. They right. have someone else's credit. They have misreported items. And they can seriously impact your credit score, which then impacts your ability to get a good rate on a loan. You know, on a personal level, uh, I went and looked at my credit score and they had my son's mortgage that he had in Pasadena area attached to my credit. Oh, interesting. And I went, what? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. And our, our social security numbers, our names are not the same. I got the same last name, but somehow, so I had to get that corrected. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things. But my question is, how did he even get there, right? Right. How did it get there? And then how do you fix it? So you can, every 12 months, anybody can get their own credit report um, from each of the three agencies and check it. You can just take a look at it, which is step one. And then these are free, by the way, folks, it's free and it doesn't ding your credit. You know, right. if, if you, you get it more often or you go through other services, it can um, impact things. But you go through the, the regular getting your credit score, it uh, doesn't impact it. And then if you find something that's not accurate, it, it takes some steps, the process right. to, to try and get that stuff changed, often including some letters, often reaching out to those agencies and providing some sort of a, a proof or evidence that it, uh, it was inaccurate. So these like the subtitles on this article talks about, for example, how do I find out if there's an error? So it tells you how to communicate with the agencies to find out what that information is. And then secondly, what if the negative information is accurate? How do you change something that you want to have removed if you've done if you've done all the things that are necessary to comply with the credit? How do you get that removed or how do you get the 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 impact of that off of your yep. credit? Yep. And there's a difference between inaccurate items and um, just harmful items right you know things that are just negative those are going to have to stay there but things that are inaccurate those are the things that you can get fixed but even as you go through the things that are negative you know part of it is turning those into positives to say right. you know how, like a big one being the credit utilization you know most people want to see that you have available credit and you're only using 30 percent or less of right. that so that means you probably don't want to close credit cards you probably don't want to open too many new credit cards. You know, they also mm -hmm. talk about the, the mix of credit. Do you have mortgages versus credit cards versus on-time payments? One that was helpful for folks who don't have a lot of credit history is that there's some agencies that will actually report your rent payments. And if they report your rent payments, that becomes one more gold star right. on your credit report. Um, and so this article kind of goes in depth of not just how to fix the inaccuracies, but also how to just tune up things. Right. How to, how to get your credit in a place where you're going to get the the best credit scores for your situation. And I, I would be freely admit, I don't go in and look at my credit annually. I don't pull the credit scores. I, I typically have my banker or somebody that I'm dealing with financially says, give me a copy of the credit scores because I have some things that I renew mm -hmm. annually and stuff and I kind of want to see them. But what's really nice is this, like you mentioned earlier, this doesn't affect your credit score. Yep. So you can go and this information is free folks. And it's just, it's available to you. Um, 
anyway, it's just very easy. Yeah, to I think it should be for most people part of their spring cleaning. You know, right. part of just seeing what um, keeping their financial life in order. So if you'd like to know more about this, I mean, if you'd like a copy of this article, we'll be more than happy to send it out to you. It's called What to Know About Consumer Credit Repair. And just as a kind of a side note, if you have a topic that you would like to discuss on future episodes, you'd like us to get into it, just go to our email address and hit the contact button on our website at retirementunlimited.com or give our office a call at 951-684-7011. Until next week, folks. May you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm.